You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Sharpen your pencils and get your notebooks out. It's time for the Star Seminar. And now, here are your hosts, Rabble Rouser and Danny Phantom. Welcome, diligent scholars. Welcome, international cowboysologists, to yet another session of the Star Seminar, the team taught class in advanced footballology with a specialization in the great Dallas Cowboys, the most important sports franchise the earth has ever known. I am Dr. Rabbo Rouser, and I am joined, as always, by my compatriot, my comrade-in-arms, the great Dr. Danny Phantom. How are you today, sir? Oh, man, Raps, you just always just put me in a good mood, I tell you. what Those intros just, uh, you know what? Uh, I, I tell you what, I, I have been stressed out this week, Raps. It's been, it's been a busy week for me at my nine to five um a lot of things going on at work that just um causing me a lot of uh you know concern and so mm-hmm. definitely my focus has been on that and you know just a lot of pressure to get stuff done and uh, it's just been one of those type of weeks and that's what makes this time together that we have so great is i get to just step aside and escape from that and just uh just bask in this you know Cowboys final roster stuff happening and you know but as we get ready for the the regular season so love to um love to have our time together um but you know what about what about you is there anything that like stresses you out like what rattles rabs I have to say that Rabs has done a pretty good job of creating a life that doesn't get him rattled much, but there are some things that he doesn't really have as much control over that can rattle him and I think the the number one thing I you know, um, when you sort of talked about, do, you know, having this, having this as a topic earlier, I was talking to my wife about it and, and I, we agreed immediately. The thing that stresses me out the most is the fact that my mom, as you may know, and some of our listeners may know is, is elderly and she has daily caregivers and she's also a very, very challenging patient. She's not good at at having at having people take care of her and my fear, and she's fired her caregivers before for very small offenses and my fear is that she's gonna she's gonna um you know go off on a wild hair and fire a couple of the really important ones who are doing really really good work helping her to make sure she's you know she's well taken care of and so that's the thing i always live in live in in constant i wouldn't say i live in constant fear it's not like it keeps me up but, but it's always the thing that's it's like the sort of damocles it's always dangling um it's it's pretty well secured now i don't think it's going to fall anytime soon i mean things are things are good but that's if there's anything in my life that stresses me out it's that. Yeah, no, I, I, I understand that. 
And, and I'll be honest with you, dude. Like, uh, the thing that stresses me out more is, uh, you know, like cowboy games, uh, cowboy roster cutdowns, et cetera. Mm-hmm. You know, so here we are, to, you know, in, in a, in, it's a f- sort of fun stress, but it, it's, a, it's a thing that, you know, like it gets a lot more of my attention to be, to be perfectly honest. And so, um, uh, I'm really happy to be, as you just sort of said, on here talking about, you know, uh, the end of the preseason as the Cowboys get ever, ever closer to the big cutdown this year from 90 to 53. Um, and I think the thing about that is, you know, sometimes we lose sight as we're tracking these players over the course of camp and the preseason, we, we lose sight of the reality at the bottom of the roster, which is that, you know, there's a lot of guys who are competing against other guys in the roster, but also competing a against the rest of the league and also competing against any potential veterans that they, that they could be brought in who are either street free agents right now mm-hmm. uh, and, or, you know, at the bottom of other teams rosters that, that the Cowboys could trade for. So, you know, filling out the roster and particularly the bottom of the roster every year is, is a sort of annual, you know, an annual exercise. And it got me thinking, because there's somebody almost certainly out there either on the street or on another team who's going to be a Dallas Cowboy for some significant portion of the year. It got me thinking, you know, next week is, the, is, is when teams will bring in vets to flesh out the soft spots in their roster. So what's the best final week veteran acquisition for the Cowboys in your Cowboys fandom that you can think of? Oh, that is such a good question, Rabs. And you know what? I, on the surface, I just – feel like the Cowboys are are good at this I mean without even like really taking a look at it I just it just I just feel like that they're they're good at it and of course we're just coming off the year of last year when they were able to bring in Jason Peters and and, made, and of course was he, mm-hmm. he that was a very solid veteran ad so so maybe that has something to do with just that feel that's that's been created but um to be quite honest when you really look close, I don't know that there's a lot that you, that you can get excited for. Um, I will say this: um, while I wasn't excited at the time, I I sure was excited with how things worked out when the Cowboys um, signed Laurent Robinson and back in 2011. Mm-hmm. I mean, that was a great veteran signing. He basically did like next to nothing. To I don't know where he was like St. Louis. Or Jags, they may be out of order. He may have played after that, mm-hmm. but somewhat, but basically not a non-existent guy. But then he comes in and just like fits the Cowboys' offense so well, and you know has just a great. I mean, a nice number three receiver, and of course, the once he leaves, it's like we don't hear again from him again. And but absolutely, I just think that that was a great last, you know, minute roster acquisition right before you head into this the start of the season. So. That would be my pick. That's the one. Um, there, you know, there could be ones that I'm just overlooking, but that one definitely stands out to me. That's a great one. And it's funny because, you know, at the time, it, it made nary a ripple and, frankly, probably even, you know, was greeted with derision by Cowboys fans. Oh, who's this Who's this guy? He's never done anything for, for Jacksonville, and Jacksonville stinks, you know, that kind of thing. And he ends up having a great year. Um there's one guy that I don't think quite qualifies because of when they picked him up because they actually picked him up after a week or two of the season. Um, but he was, he was a great pickup in this regard. And that was David Irving. If you remember mm-hmm. in, in, in um, like late September of 2015. So they're probably after a couple of games, he was snatched by the Cowboys from the chiefs practice squad. Um, they, they had picked, uh, I think a year or two before uh, a sort of short squat defensive tackle who they tried to develop and never really quite, 
never really quite realized uh the, you know never never that that tree never bore fruit um and then devon coleman i think they finally tired of devon coleman and brought in brought in david irving and he was you know for two years three years there he was magnificent uh when he went when he wanted to play nobody was better um but i will also and this is cheating a little bit but i will also say that and i think i think there's no question this is the this is the answer if we're talking about adding a veteran the week before game one the all-time ad is charles haley so they they picked Charles Haley up after roster cuts that uh, or you know during the roster cut process before week one of the 1992 season. I remember you know reading it in the paper and he was there on the field against the uh, hated Washington team who was a at the time defending Super Bowl champions and absolutely destroyed things and never stopped for the next couple three years. So I think you know I mean in my fandom there's nothing that compares to the impact that that he had. But if we're looking at, you know, it, it, the, the kind of, you know, the kind of like low level pickup, I think that the one you picked, I think the, you know, um, the ones we identified are, are really, really commendable, commendable examples. Um, speaking of commendable, I would like some commendation for the uh, game we're going to play today. So today we're going to play, I've got a little game for you, which is called, uh, I'm smelling what you're stepping in. I'm going to sh- uh, offer you some statements about the Cowboys roster here as we hurtle in our old jalopy toward roster cutdown day. Um, and I want you to tell me whether you are definitely feeling that, i.e., I can smell what you're stepping in, Rabs, or whether you're, uh, you know, suddenly the COVID that you're recovering from, uh, you know, surges up and you can't smell a thing. So basically, the way this works is as follows I am going to offer a statement about the Cowboys roster, about certain positions, et cetera, and I want you to answer one of two ways. The first is, Oh yeah, I'm smelling you. I'm smelling what you're stepping in. I think the thing that you're talking about makes a lot of sense to me. Or you have to say, you know what? I recently had COVID. I can't smell a thing. Meaning <laughs> I, I'm not feeling this at all. Fair oh, enough? Yeah, okay. Uh, I think I can handle that. All right. Pretty, 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 pretty simple because you basically have one of two responses. And mm-hmm. then I would love for you to, of course, elaborate and explain your response. So I've got eight statements for you about the Cowboys roster for each of those. I would like you to tell me whether you're smelling or cannot smell okay. this particular statement. <laughs> Fair enough. Yes. Bring that, bring it on. Okay. Here's the first one. The Cowboys roster as of Thursday, the 24th of August is set at the offensive skill position. So if we think about that, we have two quarterbacks. We have three running backs. When I say set at the offensive skill positions, I'm thinking there's going to be four tight ends and we know who they are. And then I'm also thinking that there, that there are going to be six receivers and we know who they are. That's that, that's me. So where do you fall in terms of this statement? The Cowboys are set at the offensive skill position. You know, Rabs, I think I might need a little smelling salt here to kind of get rid of, <laughs> Fair enough. to fully get behind this because I would say mostly for sure. I mean, there's there's a lot of things I think that we we already know uh, how it's going to shape out. I, I do think that it's because of I really don't know how this team is going to go in terms of filling out these last roster spots. I do think there's a couple players here that are still TBDs. 
Um, uh-huh. I think I do agree. I think the the John Stevens Jr. injury was was unfortunate, but I see I I, I do believe it saved somebody a spot. I don't I I can't tell you who because I don't know, but I do believe that Peyton Hendershot and Sean McKeon are both making this team because because of the the Stevens Jr. injury. That's that's how I feel. So I think that's locked in. That's um, what led to the statement, frankly. Yes. Yeah. The the ones that are still in question to me, there's still still two. Um, one is, I'm not completely sure that Jalen Brooks makes this team. Um, I know that he's had a good camp and he's done okay, but I feel like to me, I just feel like he's a guy that would stand a good chance to clear waivers. And I don't see him as a guy, Rabs, that is, that has a, has a role on, on, on the game day roster. I feel like he's someone that if they kept would be an inactive um there's nothing about him that would unless he somehow carves out a a big role in special teams i just i feel like it wouldn't be a good use of roster spot and i don't know necessarily that he is someone that just uh, radiates you gotta you gotta protect him so to me in my opinion i still have him as uh, you know a front runner in the sense of, of, of he's more to, to make it than not to is in my list. But at the same time, I wouldn't, it wouldn't surprise me if the Cowboys like, you know, I, we, I think we might be able to get away with put sneaking this guy on the practice squad. And, and finally, the last one is in a similar fashion. I think they will try to do the same with Malik Davis. Um, the only thing that, I mean, it, I know the Cowboys also like him. And if they, have any kind of concerns about any type of durability with the other guys, with any of the other guys, they may want to go a little deep here and roll with four. And, but at the same time, you know, he Malik could also be one of those guys where, you know, they just don't, they're not too worried about it. You know, if he, if he uh, gets poached or not. So I still think Malik and, and Jalen are kind of, you know, they're a little bit in different directions, but they're still, to me, not uh, completely um, determined. I, I mean, I think that's a very reasoned take, I, I and, and it, it makes sense, and I think that that's probably not uh, entirely unfair. I will say that I think, actually, the roster's been set at all those positions. I think, I think Jalen Brooks makes the team. I think, as you were saying, the John Stevens Jr. injury basically solidifies and the fact that hunter lupke has not taken the position from yeah um, Sean McKean. Uh, but they also i think they're going to go with four tight ends uh i think that i just feel like there's so so much clarity those positions that in on offense i really feel like all those skill positions are locked down and the real questions remain at offensive line which we'll talk about in just a moment well so rap, rap so you have malik off your roster Yes, I do. Okay. I don't, and, okay. I don't, and I don't think it's. I don't frankly think it's even close. I, I, I don't think that if they lose him, they really care. I think there's the, there's probably sixty five Malik Davises in the league right now. Um. So here's question number two, and this is a bit more controversial. The Cowboys won't miss Demarvion Overshone and John Stevens Jr. this season. Uh. Brr. I mostly smell that. I mean, I'll be honest with you. I I feel like just how the Cowboys utilize their safeties, and I'm, I'm sure we're going to linger, wander over there in a little bit mm-hmm. later, but sure um, um, I don't feel like 
overshone was gonna have a huge role uh, barring any type of injury issue because i think the lve and um damon clark are fantastic one and two guys uh so i i felt like this is kind of going to be a good a, a really nice opportunity for him to uh work himself in get some reps and but big role wasn't wasn't expecting it same thing so with john i'm really disappointed with john stephen jr that he's that he's not going to be there i wasn't expecting him to have a monster role by any means i just think it was going to be fun when he did get the handful of targets that he did i think he will just kind of complement the offense as a whole and you know just but will we miss him uh is i mean i may miss him just because i might my own little personal you know i like to watch i like to watch him play but I don't think so. No, in our offense, I don't. I mean, no, we're just th- there's guys that can do that. There's guys that will do that. We're, I mean, I mean, listen, we we had talked already that it's basically between him and Peyton Hendershot. Peyton Hendershot can do a lot of things. He can do. He'll fulfill the same role in the offense. You know what I mean? I think I feel like I, I agree. I, I th- the reason I ask this question is I think that you know when we're watching the second and third teamers all the time we lose sight of how little impact they actually end up typically having in the season. And so we overreact to when one of those kids, when those kids goes down, it sucks for those guys. I would love for them to be able to develop and get snaps during the season. But the reality is unless some sort of catastrophic thing happens at one of the positions they play, they're not going to play much. There'll, there'll be a special team that you'll notice once a game. Yeah. But- and so um, I, I think that, I think that it's important for us to remind ourselves, even a guy like Overshone who's coming on, unless something bad happens, He's not going to be the kind of guy who's making a play that changes the season. Yeah, I think the biggest thing that I'm going to miss in this, by, from both these guys, but in particular with Overshone, is um, I'm going to miss that he's losing this these development. These yep. are going to be yep. mean, meaningful reps that he would get, and we would probably be super hyped about his year two um, coming into this. Right. with those reps behind him and now that's going to kind of set him back a little bit so we're going to well there will be a little bit of more learning that will go on next season with him so th- that that part i think i will miss more mm-hmm. yeah i but i also think that you know we, we know historically the biggest leap for players is between year one and year two and that has to do with stuff that happens off the field yeah right in terms of confidence with the playbook and also just developing the bodies so they're going to be able to focus on that i think they're going to come back like monsters next year and i expect them both to make the roster next year and be be contributors health health permitted Mm -hmm. um okay the next question all of the 2023 draft choices will make the 53 man roster how's that smelling to you my friend man you got good questions you got good you know, uh, uh, well, you know, let's run, let's run through this real quick. Let's, I mean, Mozzie's making it, no, no question. Luke, you know, Schoonmaker's making it, no question. Overshone would have made it for sure. I mean, and he's going to have to if they're going to put him on IR. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. so he, he's, we know he's already made it. He's in, correct. Yes, yes. So he's right. in for sure. Um, let's see where we got now. Fourth round, we're looking at um, Fahoko. Fahoko, yeah, he's he's making it. Fifth round, we got us awesome Richards. He's making it. Six, we got two of them. We got uh, Deuce making it. Eric Scott Jr. probably makes it. Um, I think, the, and I say that because I think that they just want to hang on to some of that corner depth where they can develop. To me, like, oh, I just don't want to go, and we'll just go right into Jalen. I've already talked about Jalen Brooks. But, yeah. but um, and I, you know, it's like, he, there's a chance, you know, he makes it. So the answer is probably 
I think so. But I want to just talk about Tolbert and um, Eric Scott because I think they're a little bit different in the sense of, like, Scott, I think Tolbert's done better than Eric Scott. I'll say that. But, Are you talking about Jalen Brooks? Jalen Brooks, yeah, sorry. Yes. The Jalen's mixed me up, yeah. Jalen Brooks has done better, had a better training camp than Eric Scott has. There's, Scott's had a little bit more lows. That, However, mm-hmm. I think that Eric Scott's roster spot is safer because Cowboys don't, they're they're way better off at receiver than they are at the corner spot. I think that it, would, it behooves them more to try to hang on to a guy they can potentially develop develop into a key role than mm-hmm. having a sixth wide receiver. So so I, while I see them a little bit differently as far as how they've performed, I feel a little differently in how how secure their roster spot. So I just want to make that clear. Fair enough. I think you can also make the argument that because they're so deep at receiver, they can afford to stash a guy yeah. who doesn't need to play and contribute this year. Yeah. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. I, I personally think that, you know, we know the Cowboys are a draft and develop team. We know that you have to be egregiously bad not to make it as a rookie because they want to invest in and develop you. And I think that I think that every single rookie, as we've talked about, especially the guys, the third day guys, the, low, the, the late round guys have acquitted themselves remarkably well. I would be shocked if all of the, the draft picks don't make their. Yeah, roster. well, keep in mind though, Rabs too is, and I felt that I felt that very same way last year, and we always seem like we're repeating this. This roster is so good. This year's different. They're, yep. You know, yep. they're not going to have room for. There's going to be some tough cuts, and then look what happens. They they end up releasing John Ridgeway last year, mm-hmm. and um, you know, an investment that they I'm sure they would have liked to. Have. I, I I think that wasn't because they didn't like him, or because, I think they just got a little cute. I think they, they and and they had to because of injury realities that that as of right now as of they were recording uh, are not in play this particular year. So I think that the, in some ways he's the sort of a caveat or exception to their their general practice. Um, but speaking of defensive tackles, you've provided me a lovely segue, my friend, to my next question, which is uh, or my next statement rather: the Cowboys will keep all three two hundred and twenty-five plus pound defensive tackles i.e. Jonathan Hankins, Mozzie Smith, and Quinton Ohana. All three are actually going to make the roster. Yeah, this is where the uh, I think the COVID still have an effect on me because I I'm not I'm not smelling this one. I um I it it wouldn't be like completely out of the question, but I I, I think with in terms of of Quinton and he's he's done a good job and he's he's a guy that I'm going to be honest with you if I'm going to put a you know a, a a name and a hat that you know may not clear waivers. It's you know it's going to be Bahana because I do think that he's he's a quality player. Uh, but I just I feel like the Cowboys are just 
they're just so deep at, at, at on the defensive line. They have so many players that they are going to be keeping. And I mean, there and there's still some players like Isaiah Land that's like, you know what? Is he for sure not going to make the team? Mm-hmm. I mean, it's I don't think the 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 cement has dried on that one just yet. So to, I don't think they can afford to to go with with three noses. I think that they're going to be perfectly happy with uh with the two noses they got. Normally, my friend, I would tend to agree, but here's the thing. There have been multiple snaps in the preseason games where all three defensive tackles have been on the field at the same time, and we've seen several times where Mozzie Smith has been lined up as a sort of three-tech, right? So a part of me wonders if they're not going to uh, run some bear formations where like all three of those guys are in the lineup at the same time, like over the guard center guard, if they're not going to um, play Mozzie as a sort of big three from time to time, I don't know. It's, it's hard to say whether this is just experimental or whether this is actually something that they're thinking seriously about doing, you know, formation of personnel wise. Um, but it's intriguing enough that I think that they, that, it's, it's a viable possibility, and I will also rem- remind everybody of Red Bryant, the big 320-pound defensive tackle who played strong side end for the Legion of Doom defenses in Seattle that Dan Quinn was, uh, you know, helped to coordinate. So I, he's got some experience with playing, you know, three defensive tackle body types at the same time, and um, I wonder if, if he's hearkening back to that and thinking about you know, just the option of keeping all three. I think it's something, I think it's it's a very interesting question. Speaking of interesting questions, this next one's right down your alley, my friend. All right. And I think I think there's plenty here for you to disagree with. So your COVID may flare up uh, at any moment here. It, it, and there may be actually a couple different things to agree with or disagree with. You can break it down in whatever way you, you see fit. The statement is as follows. We know who the starting five are. I think that's very clear, you know, Several beat reporters talked about the fact that we saw the starting five together for the first time in a long time at practice the other day. Um, and the question then has always been, who were, who were the six through whatever mm-hmm. offensive linemen? I'm going to say that offensive linemen six through nine are ranked as follows. Good luck. Number, number six. I know, right? <laughs> number six, Josh Ball. Number seven, Matt Waletsko. Number eight, Awesome Richards. And number nine, Matt Farniak. Are you smelling what I'm stepping in? You know, it's it wasn't as bad as I thought it was gonna be. <laughs> I uh I uh I yeah, I'm sorta of smelling it. Um I uh, I don't know. I mean I've been so unimpressed with Waletsko that it, it to me I have um the rookie. I'm more impre- impressed mm-hmm. with with Awesome um there, but uh, Outside of that, I don't really have any complaints. Um, Matt Farniak for me has been, well, I don't want to say disappointing because he's he's never been like a, a really strong, powerful right. player. He's never been appointing. <laughs> he's never been appointing. For, but I, I guess he just hasn't he hasn't uh, uh, impressed me like I was hoping that he would. Mm-hmm. Um, I totally agree with you about you know Josh Ball. I've been been um, you know rolling with that narrative for a while and it's not so much that i just think he's he's fantastic as it is i think he's developed well enough to where he looks the part in contrast to the other guys um so i, I think you did a good job there i mean that's I, those would be my four 
Uh, okay. I, I, I mean, I just been, I think, uh, awesome. Richards has put a little bit more good stuff on tape, um, than well, let's go has to this point. And of course, um, I mean, of course, well, let's go was hurt last year, but awesome. Richards has far less experience too. So that taking that consideration, I, that makes me even feel that much better about uh, the rookie. So there are three players who I think are probably hovering around the bottom of this list that we haven't, that we didn't mention because I don't, I don't know that I, any of them would make their roster right now. And I don't know, as we talked about last week, whether the Cowboys can afford to take a 10th offensive lineman when that person's going to be clearly an inferior player compared to, let's say the 11th defensive lineman, and the 11th defensive back, right. which is a question we'll talk about in just a second. But, um, we not we didn't include Tuma Dogba, we didn't include Brock Hoffman, and we didn't include T.J. Bass in that group. And so I think it's um, I, I think it's I, I'm I'm glad that that you're smelling what I'm stepping in in terms of the guys who are on the roster right now. I will say that there's there's certainly the the the, the last spot is one in which Farniak I can see Farniak getting substituted for one of the other guys. The problem is he's the only guy who's who's a viable backup center. I just don't know who else. I yeah, no, so that's why I think the default ninth offensive yeah. lineman right now because of that. Yeah, I think all right. So, let, so, so speaking of other positions where there's more talent, um, I'd like to direct you and everybody else to uh, Bob Sturm's roster cut down exercise, uh, which is on his Substack now that he's no longer with the Athletic, in which he has the Cowboys in his in his uh, final fifty three keeping eleven defensive linemen and eleven defensive backs. And only twenty, and excuse me, and only four linebackers. So there's 26 guys on defense, 24 on offense, just like we talked about last week. But he's only keeping four linebackers now that Overshone has been injured. What, what do you think about Sturm? Are you smelling what Sturm is stepping in, or is your COVID flaring up? No, I am totally smelling what Sturm is. Is I mean, honestly, it's weird because I, I have that same sense about me, but I keep on thinking like. That can't be right. I mean, you, mm-hmm. I, I always feel like you just need more linebackers, but I think there's just been so many safeties that have impressed me to where, and the way we know how the Cowboys uh, run their defense too, to where I, I'm almost wondering if they could get by by going that that route that you um, that, that you mentioned. Because if we're just talking about quality of players. I think linebacker stops at Jabril Cox, the Devin Harper, Jabril Cox, whoever mm-hmm. you got there. I think those are your three and four. I, I feel like I want to see something in Malik Jefferson. Of course, he's been hurt recently, so that's not helped. But I feel like it stops there. But then if you start running down the list of those safeties, you know, it, it just keeps going. Like, I ser- seriously have trouble between Marquise Bell and Wanye Thomas. I, I really like them both. I mean, I keep fluctuating back and forth, like who's in the lead? Because I just like I'm capping myself at five safeties because I feel like the Cowboys would, um, but I I just don't want either of them to not make the team. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, I I think I think it's a real possibility that the Cowboys go deeper where they have that talent and go lean where they don't. So your olfactory system is working very well with this one. It's you know what it's a diff- it's an interesting take that I'm subscribing to, and I. Yeah. Fair enough. Fair enough. So let's see if you subscribe to this next take, because this is uh, very much related to what you were just talking about. And that is CJ Goodwin will be one of the 11 defensive backs. The Cowboys keep who, you know, I, I will say this as some, uh, 
as someone who has been um, trying to advocate for him and in, in, in the role that he's had with this team for so many years, um, I'm su- surprised to say. So last year was the first year where I kind of like started to fade on the CJ Goodwin, you know, bandwagon or whatever. So, but I was you jumped, I, you jumped off the hype train a little bit. I, I jumped off the hype train, <laughs> but of course, look what it, look where it got me. You know, I'm, um, he's the Cowboys obviously value him, and they, they you know, he made the he made the team. So to me, I I feel like I'm in the same boat. I feel like I don't see him. I'm, I'm there's just too too many other players that I just value more than a player that's solely special teams. And honestly, too, it's like before I really saw him making plays on special teams, and I feel like it's just a little bit less of that happening now. Maybe I'm just not giving the guy enough credit. I don't know. Uh, but right now he's just not on. He's just not on it. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. that's just kind of where I feel right now. So I reached out to you a week or so ago and asked if you had had a chance to look at the special teams lineups, especially early in either of the preseason games you said you had. Yes. I've done the same. And I would just like to ask, who are the gunners on the first team kickoff coverage and punt coverage units? Yeah, well, I mean, I I haven't gone through every single um, situation there, but I did Mm -hmm. look at the first one. And, uh, of course, you know, CJ Goodwin is there. Um, that's right. That's right. I think that's really it's really interesting. I mean, so right now this the starting gunners um, in the in the special teams units that require gunners are the same guys as last year, Kelvin Joseph and CJ Goodwin, and and we haven't seen any change in that. I mean, we might in in this third season, preseason game, but it it does make me wonder if and and that's why I'm asking this question. It does make me wonder if it's one of those things where like he's what he does, he's so good at this little niche thing that they're going to find a way to keep them no matter what, which is really interesting given how difficult the decision is between, you know, Wanya Thomas and Marquise Bell, for example. That we're not that, that, that decision is difficult without even considering that C.J. Goodwin's going to make the roster. And then when we add him in or, or if we think, okay, he's in no matter what in this special position, it makes everything that much more challenging. Yeah. Well, um, what I will say this too, that um... – the fact that Kelvin Joseph has played pretty well in this mm-hmm. preseason and kind of, uh, you know, kind of solidified a roster spot, in my opinion, is something that's not necessarily working in CJ's favor, too, because he yep, is right. that guy that can replace him. If, if there was one, he would be the guy. And so I feel like there's more value in, in rolling with a, with, with um, Kelvin Joseph in that role versus a player like CJ, who's only going to do that. Yeah, I think I think that Joseph has made the roster. I feel like he's, he's DB four or five, or cornerback four or five, yeah. depending on how they feel about Eric Scott. Right. Probably four now, maybe five later in the year. But he's he offers so much versatility in terms of coverage units, and I think that they, in a stroke of genius, yet again by this defensive coaching staff, did a great thing by putting him at this in the slot where um, some of the, some of the things that have caused him to sort of like get beat and then and then. And then overcompensate once he's been beaten um, because he's playing press are not the case, and so it allows him to keep everything in front of him where he's where he's at his very best. Yeah, so, uh, I think that you know they've they've really done a nice job of finding what he does well and putting him in position to be able to exploit that. So the, uh, speaking of putting people in a position to exploit, uh, my last question is uh, about our good friend John Mashota, friend of, friend of the podcast, who's been on several times, Professor John. And um, on the Cowboys podcast over at The Athletic, 
said recently that this is the most talented Cowboys squad that he's seen since he began to cover the team. And I will remind everybody that he began to cover the team for the Dallas Morning News in 2010. So oh, oh, 12, 13 years, the most talented team he's seen. Are you smelling what he's stepping in? I am. I am. I don't want to be like, you know, just feel like a, a homer. But, I, I mean, I really think there's a lot. If you look at this roster and you look at the talent they have on both sides of the ball, and, I, I mean, there's still some questions offensively that we want to see, you know, answered and uh, for us to start feeling good about um, the offense. But I certainly feel really good about the defense. And um, I think it's it's rare that we've had a, a unit, a team that's ha- been so good on both sides. And I totally, I totally agree. I think that the talent is there. Uh, I mean, they're just not not just at the top, but but throughout the depth, mm-hmm. um, there are there are very few holes. And I even like I pulled this on Twitter like a week ago. I was like, where's their week's roster spot? I think I think it's hard. I mean, when you got like Mozzie and Hankins now playing the nose, it's 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 hard to find guy like where's the weakness and it's, and so I I do I agree with them. I I mm-hmm. it's I mean we want that to be true, but I also feel like that's there's I mean it's hard to argue. Yeah, I agree. I, I think that if there is a weakness, it's in the positions that we talked about earlier, offensive linemen six through nine. But, but you know, the thing about that is every team in the NFL has a weakness on offensive line position six through nine. Yes. There are just simply aren't enough talented offensive linemen to fill out the eight to ten guys that every team needs uh, in their offensive line room. And so the, the situation that the Cowboys have in terms of their offensive line depth that everybody's pulling their hair out and moaning about, um, every team in the league, even even the Chiefs and the Eagles and all the you know all the teams that everyone wants to be like, they all have that issue. There's a bunch of scrubbies on positions six, seven, eight, nine on most offensive lines. And I will also say that I agree with you. I'm definitely smelling what what our good friend John Mashota is stepping in, and that's actually why I am also smelling the statement that we're not going to miss DeMarvin Overshone and John Stevens Jr. this year. I feel like there's so much talent. There's, you know, we, we, we know that Peyton Hendershot can do a lot of the things that Stevens does. We know that there are several safeties who can do what Overshone was probably going to be doing. I, yes, it's, it's a shame that those guys are injured, but honestly, I don't think that there's going to be much of a drop off. And in fact, I, I think what, what the long-term ramifications of their injuries are going to prove to be is just that it made it easier to cut down this roster to 53. It, it, it offered clarification, right? It did. Sometimes when there's injuries, there's all kinds of roster shenanigans yes. that have to happen that actually muddy it. Right. In this case, I feel like both of those lent a sort of crystallizing magnifying glass to the cut down and, and made things actually really clear and, and less agonizing in a way. Yeah, I totally agree with that. And I do think it's still, I do feel like, it's gonna be challenging um, for some of these guys. It's the guy. The Cowboys have a strong team, and you know these last few spots. I'm excited to see, you know, how that's gonna play out, and you know we'll, we'll get to look at this final um, preseason game before the Cowboys um, will start making their decision. But super excited about how this final roster is gonna look. Um, but I guess it's one of those wait and see sort of things. And uh, speaking of wait and see. Uh, you know, you have to wait and see, you know, what we got going on next week as we will break down our roster predictions even further. But 
that is all we have for our show today. If you haven't yet, please do subscribe to the Blogging the Boys Podcast Network. Leave us a rating, write a review wherever you get your podcast, Apple, Spotify, iTunes, or Stitcher. Tell us what you think, anything you would like us to do differently to improve your podcast listening experience. And if you ever want to talk to us about anything at all, any Cowboys hot topics, any roster battles that you're keeping your eye on, or you know what stresses you out, you know, let us know. Hit us up on Twitter. I am at DannyFanum24, and Rabs is nowhere to be found. But don't forget to check out all the great podcasts throughout the entire week. Every day we got something new for you. Tomorrow we'll have the World's Team with Meg Murray and Paul Stewart, so make sure to check that out. But that's all we have for today. Thanks for hanging out with us. Hope you have a great weekend. Stay safe, stay happy, stay true to the silver and blue. We will catch you later. Enjoy the end of the preseason, y'all. Claude 3 from Anthropic is your one-stop shop for enterprise AI. With models at every point of the price-performance curve, you no longer have to make trade-offs between intelligence, speed, and cost. Claude 3 Opus sets new industry benchmarks for intelligence. Sonnet strikes the perfect balance between skill and speed. And Haiku is the fastest and lowest-cost model on the market, perfectly designed for high-volume, high-speed use cases. Join the thousands of enterprises who use Anthropic to navigate this new frontier. Visit anthropic.com slash Claude, C-L-A-U-D-E, today. Jumpstart your genius with Claude 3 by Anthropic. More to-dos, less time, and an infinite number of tools to keep track of. Sometimes doing business has never felt harder, but you don't need a miracle to hit your goals. You can just use HubSpot because their all-in-one customer platform can make growing your business infinitely easier. Imagine this, high-quality leads, fast-closing deals, wildly happy customers, and more benchmark-breaking quarters. It's not a miracle. It's HubSpot. Visit HubSpot.com to get started today.